Good morning. Today is different. Do you know what it is? I can give you three words and they're not the ones you're thinking of. Yes. Did you hear, Joy? Today we eat. So, uh, we're having a Mission Emphasis Sunday, as you guys know. Uh, Jeff Green is here, uh, who is the Director of Church Relations with IDES. Uh, we've supported IDES for a number of years, and uh, it's interesting to, to hear the things that are going on. And if you missed the Sunday School Hour, you missed some exciting things that were told to us as he moved quickly to tell us and to overload us with how much IDES is doing around the world, not just in Ukraine, not just in disaster areas outside of this country, but also within this country. And they're doing it all in the name of the Lord, and lives are being affected, and eternity is being changed by those who are being brought to Christ through your efforts, through IDES, as they work around the world. Uh, Jeff Green is a graduate of Kentucky Christian College at that time, University we'll call it now. Um, he married his college sweetheart, Patty, what, 43 years ago, about that? Yep. I'm not going to put you on the spot. We're just going to take that number and run with it, because uh, if you asked me, I wouldn't remember either. Um, served congregations in West Virginia and Florida and Michigan. Uh, they were church planters in Brazil for a while uh, through the CMF. Uh, but I think the delight of his life is his three children have given him nine grandchildren. So uh, big blessing there. Uh, he has been with IDES uh, as the director of church relations since February of 2020, which means he got to go through covid with that group and uh, a lot of the changes that they made to try to uh, affect lives with that worldwide pandemic. And uh, with no further ado, Jeff, the floor is yours. Thank you, Eric, very much. Appreciate it. <clears throat> oh. You haven't heard me yet, so thank you for that welcome. Appreciate it. Today we're looking at the world still needs Jesus. The world still needs Jesus. And we're going, they, give, they entrusted me with the clicker, so hopefully I'll stay with what I'm saying here. We're going to be looking at a couple of texts. Uh, the first is Luke chapter 19, verse 10. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. And then in John 14, 6, he said... Jesus answered, I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You know, we live in a fallen world. All you have to do is turn on into television and watch the news, and you recognize that the world still needs Jesus. And in this fallen world, accidents continue to happen. Disasters and catastrophes are all too common. Throughout history, we have stories after stories of disaster, and one that I wanted to kick off my sermon with today is the example of the tragedy of the Titanic. Now, the sinking of the Titanic in 1912 was certainly, 
you know, one, one of the most gripping tragedies of the 20th century. There were worse disasters, but none so dramatic as the sinking of that huge vessel that some would even claim that God could not sink. I read recently that when the list of passengers on the Titanic was posted at Pier 54 in New York Harbor, they were placed in one of only two categories, saved and lost. Of course, families rejoiced when they saw their loved one's name on the list of saved, and they mourned and grieved when a name was listed under the category of lost. Now, the Bible says that on Judgment Day, there will only be two kinds of people, the saved and the lost. And when the Bible refers to the lost, it means those who are separated from God by sin, floundering in the sea of this world with no ultimate direction and condemned to sink into the depths of hell forever. But God does not want anyone to perish. Peter writes in 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. And so God sent his son. Now, when the Bible uses the term saved, it means simply rescued from the consequences of sin. Saved from hell to live in heaven forever. And that salvation is made possible because Jesus Christ came to earth and he died on a cross for our sins. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9 puts it this way. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. The people who perished in the icy waters of the Atlantic Ocean in 1912 could not save themselves by swimming thousands of miles to America or swimming back to, to England. And people who are lost in sin cannot save themselves by their own goodness. They can only be saved by putting their trust, by putting their hope, by putting their faith in Jesus Christ. And just as the lifeboat was the biggest friend of the passengers on the Titanic, so Jesus Christ is a life-saving friend to those who are lost in our world. Now, disasters come in all shapes and sizes, and over the last two years, we've been through a lot. Every day, it seemed that something changed or something new was happening. It was hard to keep up. But I also know that around the world, they were experiencing the pandemic even more severe than we were. So things were constantly in flux. Things were constantly changing. News was always, they were learning new things and they would present it to us. And so things were, 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 were always changing. But the one thing that I know is that no matter what happens around us, Jesus is still the King of Kings. He is still the Lord of Lords and he never changes. And that's why we put our trust in him, no matter what happens around us. Now, churches had to shut their doors for a time in 2020, depending on what state you were in. But I'm here to tell you the church never closed. I loved what we were seeing from the churches. Churches of all sizes, of all makes, were, were doing some inventive things. Some open drive-in church. Some of them went online and were doing some amazing things there. It was just amazing to see. 
And we continued to meet online, and we met in small gatherings, and the gospel was preached. And I dare say that maybe the gospel was preached more often and more available than ever before in the history of our world. So we went online. We did this thing called Zooming. I don't know if you had heard of Zoom before the pandemic. I had never heard of it. And so we went and we sheltered in place at our homes during the first six weeks of the pandemic, working from our homes. And so once a week, at least, we would gather together on Zoom. And I kind of liked it. You know, it was one of those things. The reason why I liked it is it had a 40-minute limit. I liked that. And then, then my boss discovered that he could just start up another meeting right after the one closed. And so, but uh, it was great. And, and I'm telling you, I, I really got into it. And, and I just had a Zoom meeting uh, this past Friday with some, some of our partners in Ukraine. And, and I love being able to share with a great group of people who are all in their offices or in their homes. And I'm happy to tell you, I went from baby boomer to grandpa Zoomer, you know. I, I'm really good at it. Did I tell you I was good at it? Okay, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not really that great. But anyways, so we did all kinds of stuff. Uh, you know, we reached out and we volunteered at food shelters. We saw the church reaching out to their neighbors because maybe their neighbors couldn't get out during that time before we had other things that we could do. The church also continued to reach out to her missions partners around the world, making sure that they had what was needed to survive the pandemic. And without a doubt, God continues to work, and the church is alive and well today because the world still needs Jesus. This is our calling. This is our passion. Now, the mission organization I work for is called IDES, I-D-E-S, and it stands for International Disaster Emergency Service, and it was created back in 1973 as a disaster relief organization for the Christian churches, Churches of Christ. And as a mission, IDES... Uh, is it provides a way for our churches to pull their financial resources together with other churches and, and individual donors. And you can see this graph, graphic here where the more uh, churches and individual support IDES were able to reach out and help more people. And the things that we do are, are very uh, simple. We uh, do disaster response after disasters that happen but also community development, medical care, hunger relief, but it's all centered around evangelism. IDES works with mission partners around the world in the aftermath of things like floods and hurricanes, tornadoes, tsunamis, typhoons, fire, earthquakes, volcanoes, drought, and other natural and man-made disasters like wars that we're seeing today that create the huge flight of refugees. We reach out through our partners to show the love of Jesus by sharing a, a cup of fresh cold water, food, shelter, and of course the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our mission is to share help and hope to the world, to introduce as many people as possible to our Lord and Savior, and now of course we can add a worldwide pandemic to our list of disasters that we have dealt with. And it is through the churches and it is through your church here at, at Oakland Drive uh, Christian Church, that we are able to do things beyond ourselves and able to reach out the world all at the same time, having several dozens of, of projects working on the same time. And all the things that I mentioned today, you all are a part of. 
In fact, we have seen how the churches have come alongside our mission partners, and we have seen how disasters of all kinds can work as a catalyst in helping with the spread of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Recently, I had lunch with one of our mission partners in southeast India. This is Roy Knight. He's an evangelist in a very hostile area. He has faced persecution. He even witnessed his own father die in a hospital bed at the hands of medical professionals who did not want to help a Christian. And we have seen Roy been beaten and cut and he's thrown in jail. But it has not stopped him from speaking about his Jesus and showing the love of Jesus by sharing food, water, and other necessities of life. This past year, we helped Roy with his evangelists, providing them with motorcycles so that they could get the gospel into hard-reach areas. He shared with me about a time that he was distributing food, and when he handed a man his portion, the man quickly responded out loud, Thank you, God. And Roy looked at him and he said, Well, which God are you thanking? Because in India, they worship thousands of gods, and he wanted to kind of nail it down. Well, which god are you thanking? And the man looked at Roy, and he said, only the true god would give me something to eat. And Roy, with a smile on his face, began teaching him about the true god, Jesus Christ. Uh, You know, Roy is doing amazing things. Roy began teaching him, and he's teached others. And Roy has baptized more than 1,700 people into Christ. Now let me share with you how God is moving in various parts of the world, working through missionaries and ministers like Roy Knight, even in the midst of disasters, even in the midst of a worldwide pandemic. The first stop is Myanmar. In 2021, we witnessed the turmoil that occurred from the army takeover. People began protesting every day as villages were being burned down to the ground, creating a huge refugee crisis. Lazarus Fish is the leader of Myanmar Agape Christian Mission. He's also a 1998 graduate of Lincoln Christian University. And he's leading the way in helping with the refugee crisis. Their mission has been responsible for planting 42 Christian churches. And in the past 11 years, they've baptized 523 people in the name of Jesus. ICE has provided funding for rice and blankets and mosquito nets to the refugees and a safe place where the gospel is shared. And I love this about Lazarus. He is so faithful to his calling. His goal by the year 2033, all the Myanmar people must hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And as, and, and as uh, COVID-19 spiked la- late last year, along with massive floods, Lazarus and other evangelists continued to present the gospel, risking their very lives in the midst of persecution, in the midst of this hostile environment. We learned recently that over 100 evangelists in the area have died because of COVID-19. Throughout the book of Acts, we see that God was being revealed under some of the harshest conditions. In fact, during the times of persecution, the gospel flourished. As it says in Acts 5.41, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. Day after day, in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped 
teaching and proclaiming the good news about Jesus. And I'm here to tell you today that our mission partners that you are a part of are doing the same thing day after day, proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's just amazing to see and hear the stories. And what they're doing in Myanmar is just incredible, risking their very lives so that the gospel could be preached. And that leads us to another country that you're familiar with, and that is Afghanistan. The first week of January 2022, the New Yorker had this headline, Afghanistan has become the world's largest humanitarian crisis with more than 20 million Afghans on the brink of famine. Over the, over the past few years, we have had an incredible relationship with mission partners that continues to this day. During the Allied occupation, we were sending our gap meals via the U.S. Air Force for free. The meals were picked up at the airport and distributed throughout the region. Just weeks before the Taliban insurgency, we were working with our mission partners to drill a well for fresh, clean water. This well provides clean drinking water for an entire village. The picture on the screen to the right shows how people bring their containers to be filled up from the giant storage tank. Fresh water is pumped into these tanks every day. And the picture on the left shows these Afghan boys. They're waiting for their containers to be filled. The pictures were taken just a few weeks before the Taliban takeover. And as far as we know, the well is still producing clean water for the village. But I often think about those boys. Where are they now? And who is influencing them? Oh, that it would be someone who is bringing the good news about Jesus. After the Taliban insurgency, we partnered with three different mission partners to reach those who are internally displaced within Afghanistan and along its borders. This $300,000 project provided food, water, blankets, heating, fuel. Recently, we learned from our mission partners that the gospel is continuing to be preached and two people were, were baptized into Christ. Afghanistan still needs Jesus. And we're excited about being able to, to do more water wells for this region. Another country where the need is great is that of Haiti. Most, most know that over the years, Haiti has seen an incredible uh, amount of disasters from hurricanes to flooding to the recent earthquake. And, and you add all this, the instability of the government and the rise of gang activity throughout the country. On August 14th, a 7.2 magnitude earthquake struck Haiti's Tabura Peninsula, uh, causing over 2,200 deaths, more than 12,000 people injured. Since then, we've been working closely with several of our mission partners, especially Damu Christian Mission, as well as Jeremy Christian Mission, who are on the ground in the earthquake epic center. They've been delivering water, food, as well as medical care. Our gap meals have been a blessing to, to many one of the great appeals to our food packs is how fast the meals can get into a disaster zone and begin to be used. The conditions have been bleak with thousands of people living in makeshift tents, as you see here. But there is help and hope being shared by our mission partners. Soon after the earthquake, they began using funds from Ides to start building homes. And this is one of those homes there. They're not elaborate by any stretch of the imagination they hold about, they have about two, two rooms, very simple, but they're life-changing. It would take a Haitian family several generations to afford one home. 
at the cost of $10,000 each, we have now seen 23 new homes being built. It's not a whole lot. We wish we could do more, but it is making an impact and people are feeling the difference. We are thrilled how quick and reliable our Haitian partners have been, but the situation in Haiti continues to be dangerous with area gangs and a tumultuous political climate. Continue to pray for the safety of those working to bring help and hope to the Haitian people. And we also know people in our own country that still need Jesus. This past year, we've been seeing several states go through flooding, like in Kentucky, Tennessee, Virginia. We were in Texas after a frigid January with water supplies and to help repair broken pipes. We helped with the recovery efforts in Louisiana and after Hurricane Ida, which struck working through the Mandeville Christian Church. And now we are working in Kentucky with the Bowling Green Christian Church and the Hartford Christian Church with the recovery and rebuild. Western Kentucky was devastated when a string of tornadoes hit back in early December. The need is great, and that's why our partnership is so vital. At the core of our relief efforts is the message of Jesus Christ. We always come alongside the church or mission partners so that they will be front and center in the lives of people in their communities. It's one thing to rebuild a home and everyone can feel good about that, pat themselves on the back. But it's quite another thing that while you're doing it, you're sharing the message of Christ. Because you're not only rebuilding a home, you're rebuilding a life. Three examples of how our churches and mission partners share hope while helping. Imagine that you live in a lake here in, in Michigan, a lake in central Michigan. You're enjoying a wonderful spring afternoon in your backyard, you're looking over the water, but in the distance you see a storm coming in. You retire to the house, and all night long you listen to the storm, rain beating down on your, on your roof and the, the heavy winds. And then the next day, you, uh, you get up, and you go, and you fix yourself a cup of coffee, and you look out your back window, only to discover that your lake that you enjoyed the day before is no longer there. And that's exactly what happened in 2020, the collapse of two dams, all the water went out of the lakes, flooding several towns. And one of those towns was Beaverton, Michigan, and working through Todd Petty, the senior minister of one of our supporting churches, you see him there in the forefront in the picture on the right, <clears throat> the uh, they were able to, they were about an hour, an hour and, and, and 15 minutes away. We began helping families with recovery, building sheds, storage sheds, and restoring homes. And two of the families loved getting to know Todd. Todd was going there, taking his church people, and, and then some of our volunteers from, from Ides were joining them in the efforts there. And soon the, 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 the families began telling Todd, we need a church here. We need a church here. And so the New Church of Christ Evangelism of Michigan, which I understand you all support, partnered with Todd, and together Christ Church of Beaverton was born. And they meet every Sunday at 6 p.m. As a result of Todd and Ides being there, several have been baptized into Christ. Out of disaster comes help and hope. 
This past October, two of our staff were able to visit Craig and Allison Fowler, CMF missionary, Christian Missionary Fellowship missionaries in Ethiopia. Allison is a registered nurse, and both she and Craig look for ways to share Jesus while ministering health care. One of the projects they, they have done over the years is drilling water wells, water wells which we have partnered with. Last year, a local prison was in revolt due to poor living conditions and the lack of clean water. Having heard of the Fowler's ministry, the prison authorities asked for a well to be drilled for the prison. They accepted on the condition that they could minister inside the prison. The prison is run by Muslims, but they agreed And we partnered with them, and a well was dug, and a ministry was born. Bibles and stories of Jesus are now flowing throughout the prison. And we just learned that the project is going to continue providing bedding uh, so they can, because they sleep on on the ground. Just little things like that can make a huge impact, bringing them help and hope. In 2005, Christian Missionary Fellowship missionaries in Kenya were convicted of the severity of health issues related to unclean water and inadequate food supplies among the Turkana in Kenya. Parents expected half of their children to die of water-related diseases. The Turkana have historically depended on relief food nine or more months out of the year. To address these issues, CMF missionaries launched a program to provide clean water and irrigated farm development. In 2007, CMF launched the Turkana Water and Farm Development Project, which has been instrumental in reversing these trends and building the church in Turkana. IITS came alongside the project in 2014, and the results are remarkable. The Turkana were once an unreached people group, but through prayer and hard work and the Holy Spirit's leading, the gospel is beginning to flourish. They now have 1,200 disciple makers leading over 1,100 groups with more than 9,000 members and over 100 churches. The established farms are being used as sites for their discovery Bible groups, and they are having an impact. In 2019 alone, there were 2,600 baptisms, and since 2017, there have been 7,000 people baptized into Christ. This past year, IDES has been in 37 countries and 11 states, sharing help and hope. And our work continues today in several countries, including the Ukraine. Since the start of the Russian invasion of Ukraine on February 24th, IDES response has now totaled $1.1 million dollars. We have partnered with 15 different mission partners who are collectively working in 11 countries. In the weeks since the invasion, these partners have helped thousands of displaced Ukrainians. They've provided thousands of pounds of food, evacuated hundreds of people to safety, and housed or placed thousands of refugees that, are, that have fled to surrounding countries. In the midst of tragedy, we have seen churches step up to provide hope and help to thousands of people in need. Ides and our partners are working through 60 churches in Ukraine and surrounding countries. These churches are housing people in their sanctuaries with their members, providing food, helping with documentation, schooling. And we just learned that they're also teaching uh, them um, Polish, uh, those that are in Poland. Because of the need for food, we have sent 500,000 meals through Poland, another 500,000 through Romania, and and just recently launched another 259,000. 
They will be shared with refugees both inside and outside Ukraine. Four of our partners are are running refugee camps in Poland and Romania. A refugee camp in Romania has been building refugee shelters made out of retrofitted shipping containers. I purchased four of these containers for the camp. We provided our partners with, with five vehicles, which they are using to take food into Ukraine and then bring people out. I just learned with another mission group just this week, I think it was on Friday, I learned that one of the mission had a, a van that had over a million miles on it. It needs to be replaced. And so we're going to replace that one and another one that they have because they are going into the hardest hit areas and rescuing people. And it's amazing to see what God's people are doing, providing so much. In the midst of the tragedy, we have seen churches step up to provide hope and help to thousands of people in need. And we are just so grateful for your partnership with us. And, and um, we're grateful. These faithful followers of Christ are being the hands and feet of Jesus by serving the refugees selflessly. We all live in uncertain times, but I'm here to tell you that God is working even in the midst of a global pandemic and during crises around the world. His church is alive and well and doing amazing things and sharing the gospel of hope and help in significant way, all because the world still needs Jesus. Still needs Jesus. On April the 10th, 1912, Captain Arthur Rostern of the ocean liner Carpathia received a distress signal from from the Titanic. The message simply said, the ship is sinking, people are going to die. Captain Rostron immediately turned the ship around and headed for those who were perishing. He ordered the ship to go at full speed, dodging icebergs. He even ordered that the lights be turned off so every ounce of power could be directed towards the engines. They did say the 705 survivors who were in the lifeboats, some of whom may have died of hypothermia had the ship not arrived as quickly. But they were too, arrived too late for the 1,500 who perished in the frigid waters. Later, Captain Rostron was criticized by his peers for what they called reckless endangerment of his own crew and ship to get to the scene of the disaster. But Rostron p- passionately responded, When the distress cry goes out and people's lives are hanging on the, in the balance, it's not reckless, it's rescue. The stories of our mission partners around the world are all about rescue. In the middle of disaster, the worldwide pandemic and wars, Christians are rescuing people in Jesus' name. Why? Because Jesus came to earth to seek and to save the lost. He not only risked his life, he gave his life so it could happen. And Jesus passed on to the disciple, which has been passed through the generations to us. As you are going, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age and in this generation the world still needs Jesus today we are exhausted and fatigued and at times we wonder are we making a difference but then we remember the what Paul wrote in Galatians 6 9 let us not become weary in doing good for in due season we will reap a harvest if we don't give up And that's why we cherish your partnership with us as we continue to share help and hope to a dying world. A grandfather and his grandson were out hiking in the woods. And the grandfather asked the boy, do you know how how to get back home? 
And the boy said, no. And the grandfather then asked, do you know what direction the house is? And the grandson said, no. Well, do you know how far back it is? And the boy said, no. And the grandfather looked at him and says, are you lost? And the boy looked up at him and says, not as long as I'm with you. If you're with Jesus, you're not lost. And he will come for you and he will come for me one day. And the question I want to leave you today is, do you know him that way? Let's pray. Father God, thank you for your love and your grace. And thank you, Father, for, for what you're doing around the world. And Father, thank you that we get to join you in that work. It's amazing to see the, the significance and the difference that you are making. We love you so much. Thank you for, for giving us hope that comes through Jesus, whose name we do pray.